Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. On this episode of The Conversation Piece, we present The Walrus Talks Gender-Based Violence, made possible by the Canadian Women's Foundation and produced by The Walrus Lab. On the podcast, experts from various industries talk about supporting abuse survivors and changing a culture of violence that happens behind closed doors. What if you wrote an article and your name and picture was circulated in white supremacist forums? Would you choose your advocacy or privacy? A daily reality for Indigenous and journalists of colour is to process abuse while also fearing violence. Welcome to The Walrus Talks Gender-Based Violence, a series of episodes made possible by the Canadian Women's Foundation and produced by The Walrus. I'm Emma Mackenzie-Hillier. Racism is rooted in colonialism, anti-Indigeneity, anti-Blackness and Islamophobia. It used to be that a critic would write a letter, put it in an envelope and mail it in. Today, that racism is instant and often makes a digital mark before the truth of the advocacy has even settled online. It often makes the credibility of the journalist the lead story instead of the actual facts. Shri Paradkar is a columnist and internal ombud at the Toronto Star. Shri examines the myriad impacts of this abuse, not only on journalists, but on the media landscape and society at large. She spoke at the Walrus Talks Gender-Based Violence. Good evening. I'm Shri Paradkar, a columnist and internal ombud at the Toronto Star. No, no, I didn't make that face at the Toronto Star. I made that face at what I'm about to say. And I, I wish I didn't have to share this, but let me begin with a series of things I found in my inbox when I just put in the word cunt. Shut the fuck up, you stupid race-baiting cunt. You disingenuous fake news whore. You're gonna get brutally raped. Go live under Sharia like the slave you are. Drop dead, kill yourself. I'm going to smash your head in. I'm gonna get a rope. A few centuries ago, women were burnt at the stake. These women were called witches. Today, in our digital era, women are being harassed and even killed for expressing opinions. They, we, are called bitches, and as you just saw, far worse. While what I've offered here is a glimpse, just a few seconds long, into my inbox, this is a daily reality for women journalists, especially for indigenous and journalists of color. To be clear, reader and viewer feedback is normal and welcome, but disagreement is not abuse. As a female, the abuse I get is often misogynistic. 
You can see it in a recent email I got after writing in support of the civilians in Gaza. Will it be satisfying to see Shri Paradkar driven around in the back of a dirty truck with her leg on backwards? As an immigrant woman of color, the racist harassment I face is deeply rooted in colonialism, anti-indigeneity, anti-blackness, and Islamophobia. In that same email, you dirty sand N-word, you were warned by me and a dozen of my friends. What did we tell you? We told you how easy it was to get a drunk S-word, a slur for indigenous people, to shove one of you activist reporters into a wall. Abuse of journalists is not new, but where a pre-internet troll would have had to write something, put it in an envelope, write out the address, and post it. Today, all of those opportunities for cooling off are gone. What's new now is the frequency of attacks, their multiple access points to you, their viciousness, the threats of sexual assault, the bone-chilling violence they wish upon you, on your children, the threat of being doxxed, stalking, and murder. A landmark report by UNESCO in 2021, titled The Chilling, which featured journalists from all over the world, said that the abuse journalists face is designed to belittle, humiliate, and shame women to scare us into silence and retreat. Scare us, silence us. As journalists, we represent the public. When they silence us, they silence you. Journalists of color are canaries in the proverbial coal mine, the first recipients of abuse whose concerns have long been ignored and dismissed. Around the time COVID hit came abuse, increasing abuse for white women. And now the targets have spilled over into advocacy groups, academia, educators, healthcare professionals, anyone on a social media platform. As journalists, many of us face a choice, retreat in your professional lives or in your personal one. I've chosen the latter, but I don't know how long that is sustainable. Because there is also a blurring of lines between the digital world and the real world. A few years ago, when I was alerted that my name and photo were being circulated in white supremacist forums, I had to clean up my social media, take down any photos of my children, make sure my residents could not be identified. I no longer shop in my own name. Among neighbors, I am perfectly adept at answering the question, what do you do, without actually saying anything. And why would I? A family down the street where I lived until recently had a gigantic queue for QAnon drawn with chalk on the road outside their house. And in the winter, a queue built with mounds of snow on their lawn. Did I really need them to know what I do and what I write? The stress often comes from not knowing who or what could become a threat and when. So I'm reclusive in my personal life. And yet, the kind of abuse that I'm describing right now is the tip of the iceberg. It's one that's easy to see, easy to understand instantly as bad. The more insidious harassment, 
comes from bad actors. A politician who exhorts his followers to play dirty against the media. Or a fellow journalist who's offering criticism but tags troll factories abroad. Or simply sits back and as their followers unleash hate on you. The UNESCO report that I referred to earlier on online violence calls this phenomenon, which is very common in Canada, dogpiling. It involves not just fringe networks, but publicly identifiable political actors and male journalists. That means friends or friends of friends could be unleashing venom. That brings it closer, doesn't it? It takes away from the comfort of our imaginings of the peddlers of hate as being strangers, losers sitting in their basements, or even in a sterile troll factory in Russia or in India. It's easier to repudiate online hate by rejecting its uncivility and its vulgarity, far more difficult to call our own to account. I once wrote about a Canadian radio host who was told, if you like the illegal so much, you should go have your clit burnt off and your ass torn up through ritual gang rape before being sold off. It's horrifying, but it's not enough to be perpetually horrified. Often, trauma comes not just from the abuse, but also from the lack of support around it. There are pieces of accountability around industry support, government action, and social media accountability. But this is about all of us. What can we do? What can you all do? First, a couple of things not to do. Don't censor or tone police a journalist by saying, if you write this, what do you expect? Dissent, even rude dissent, is not a pass for abuse. Don't say, maybe avoid social media. For journalists, especially for freelance journalists, these platforms offer scope for assignments and livelihood. Don't say ignore it, or don't say it's a badge of honor because it means you've arrived. Don't say toughen up, buttercup. If you see, what you can do is if you see a provocative rights-based story in the media, especially covered by someone from a marginalized background, write to the head of the media organization and say, what are you doing to take care of the journalist who will be facing backlash today? CC the journalist. It makes them feel seen. I get these, and every one of them is worth a dozen, dozens of hate mails that I receive. It tells the establishment that the public is watching and the public cares. And lastly, introspect continuously. Why do I think what I think? What assumption did I just make about that black person, that homeless person, that disabled person, that trans person? And how would I have responded if that same person was a white man in a suit? Doing this in the privacy of your head will clarify your own lens, help you recognize dog whistles, and eventually find the courage to stand up against all injustices. I am safe when you become safe. Thank you.
Sheree Pradker is a columnist and internal ombud at the Toronto Star. As a consumer of content, she encourages you to support journalists who are on the front line of this potential abuse by mentioning it to the editor. Sheree spoke at the Walrus Talks Gender-Based Violence presented by the Canadian Women's Foundation. To hear more of these talks, subscribe to The Conversation Piece on your favourite podcast platform. You can register for upcoming events online or at a city near you by visiting thewalrus.ca slash events. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.